0: g'day and welcome to bush yarns i'm scotty connell and this is the very first episode i'm excited to be here with you all and excited to share some yarns from up here in the kimberley region got all sorts of characters to introduce you to both male and female both indigenous non-indigenous young and old everyone's got a yarn to tell up here and we've got some absolute rippers so i look forward to look forward to you all hearing them Um, for those of you that don't know where we are we're in far northern western australia In between the towns of Broome and Kununurra lies the Kimberley region, over 424,000 square kilometers, about 1,000 kilometers from east to west. The towns that are in between are Fitzroy Crossing, Halls Creek, and a few other indigenous communities such as Turkey Creek, Nukumbar, and um, Derby. So we also have two roads going from the east to the west. One is the Great Northern Highway, which is sealed. It was actually sealed which completed the um, highway one in australia in 1989 we've also got a dirt road called the gib river road it's quite famous um, throughout the country for people to come and explore the gib uh, come out and check out a few of the cattle stations waterfalls um, some amazing scenery wildlife all sorts of interesting adventures but off the beaten track and uh, it's a wonderful place to experience see so, yeah, on this show we um as i mentioned In the preview, we've got life-changing encounters, um, life-changing experiences, sorry. We've got bush tucker. We've got interesting animal encounters, which is one of my favorites because they're always funny. Um, And all sorts of different yarns that come out of the area. Something that happens in the bush in the Kimberley is we meet people from all over the world that come to our little corner of the world and and they've always got an interesting story to tell. A lot of these stories, a lot of these yarns, um, we don't really um, sort of leave, leave the circle what happens on tour stays on tour but I want to break that code on Bush Yarns and I want to make sure you guys get to come along for the ride with us so um, no rules just get into it and have a bit of fun and uh, let us know what you reckon so I thought, I thought first cab off the rank would be myself I've got a, got a great mate that I'm going to catch up with in a couple of days time that I look forward to, to sharing with you um, but for for now I just thought I'd tell you a bit about myself. I'm Scotty Connell, and uh, I run Kimberley Spirit tours So I run private tours for small groups all throughout the Kimberley small groups being from four to six people every now And again, I grab another vehicle and we'll take up to ten or twelve people and uh, We'll go out for a week or two at a time get out there and meet a bunch of my mates and and really experience the Kimberley all it has to offer we do air, air land and sea tours so we get on the boat we get in the helicopter we get in the plane we whatever vehicle we need to get out there and enjoy the country it is very remote up here it is one of the last frontiers and one of the most remote places in the world Um, often called the last remaining wilderness uh, along with Antarctica Papua New Guinea a few other parts of the world so it is a um, interesting place to live it's very rough and and uh, rugged and and that's part of the reason why we love it so much gets very very hot uh, we have our monsoon season we have a dry season um, our indigenous folk we've got six different seasons up here which we'll be able to share a bit more about as we get along the along the journey here on bush yarns so i've got a yarn from a couple of years ago that happened as goes into the life changing experiences category which we've got plenty to tell absolutely plenty of those um, but this one began on a sunday just after church i was having a yarn with a mate saril he's a south african paramedic up here in kunanara and he was asking me what i was up to that week and i told him i was just planning a bit of a trip i was going for a bit of a wander out the back gonna take a dinghy down the southern side of lake argyle and uh drop the boat in the in the creek there and go for a wander into the ranges for a few days and and uh he asked me if he could come i wasn't wasn't sure about this he's got a few a few young girls and beautiful wife and and i was on a bit of a mission on this one i know there'd been a lot of rain in the area i hadn't been into the into that particular area in the carboid range uh, for a few months and it'd been quite a lot of rain in between when i was in there a few months earlier i was actually in there with uh, 30 nepalese gurkhas that were over in australia doing a bit of an expedition called croc Rock, and as um have a lot of fun on those wanders. we get out there for about 10 days and and um check out the country and then go for a paddle down the river back to Kannar, which generally be about generally about fourteen days in total, so anyway this this mission there'd been a lot of rain, so I knew the grass would be well over ten twelve feet high in areas a lot of a lot of vines and a lot of rubbish that you've got to walk through, a lot of mongrel terrain, but it was also very, very hot. It was in the mid forties and absolutely cooking which all adds to it which is all part of the fun up here we look forward to that this this all well, this time of the year yeah it was february a few years back now so so I was happy to not happy at the time actually i was i was Intrigued by him wanting to come, but I was excited to have someone along, and I, I thought at the time, if you're going to have anyone along, I think the community paramedics probably a good one because it was it was set to be an absolute pressure cooker, and there's going to be a few hazards. So I thought, yeah, why wouldn't you? So what it involved is the, the following morning we woke up around the 3 a.m. mark, we jumped in the vehicle, burned out about 45 minutes out of Canunary's Lake Argyle tourist village. And uh, the dam wall up there, where our hydroelectricity plant is, we grabbed a dinghy there off a good mate of mine, Greg, at Lake Argyle Cruises, and he had a couple specific things that he told me at that point in time. He said, when you get up the creek, make sure you go left, don't go straight. Just put it, put the dinghy in the creek up to the left, and um, and it'll be right there. If you put it straight in the creek. Then And that water comes up any further and there's a good chance you'll sink it. So just make sure you put it in the creek to the left. Well, yes, fair enough. No worries at all. We'll get going. So we set off in the dark across Lake Argyle. Beautiful sunrise. Absolutely magnificent. About 20, 25 k's across the lake enter the mouth of Ulysses Bay. and um, The mouth of Revolver Creek, sorry. At the back of Ulysses Bay. And as we're coming in, just idling in the creek, beautiful big red sky, yeah. and um, and just off to the left where this little creek mouth was, I noticed there was a quite a large crocodile sitting there at the mouth of it. Now, part of my plan was to drop it in the drop the pick in the creek there, and I actually had to run a stern anchor as well, so we had something we could pull the boat over to the bank with. But as I was looking at the mouth of that creek and saw that croc, it was around about three and a half meters uh, in length. There's lake argyle is full of freshwater crocodiles thousands tens of thousands of freshwater crocodiles in there now freshwater crocodiles or as we know them as freshies aren't too much to worry about they're more or less um harmless to us humans but when they get up to that size and they hold their ground you generally give them a wide berth and you just let, let them have it it's, it's their spot so that's all right so as i idled in there he was, wasn't moving he just sort of sort of held spot there i thought oh We'll let him be, and I'll just idle up the creek a little bit further. It'll also knock off a bit of the wa- bit of the wander. This wander we're doing up the creek is is well over twenty odd k's, and and uh, it's it's quite treacherous. Uh, as the crow flies in the chopper, it's pretty straightforward. But when you're on the ground, there's some big boulders. It's stinking hot. You've got to cut your way in. There is no track. You're sort of making your own track, and to to throw a bit of a spin in there, there's always a scrub bull. And um, a big bull sitting somewhere in the scrub there, where you haven't, where you haven't seen him before, and and generally get you by surprise. And we have had some interesting encounters, but that's for another story. So as I idled up the creek, I found a spot just on the left-hand side where I thought, yeah, this will do. It was quite a way in further. It's a bit of a cheeky move, and I thought oh, I'd be all right. We'll drop him off here. Dropped all our gear on the bank. It was around about 5 a.m. in the morning by then. We dropped the gear on the bank and and um, put the boat out chucked the stern anchor on and and got all kitted up to to go for our wander so we set off from there bright and early and um got going it was absolutely cooking it was 5 a.m in the morning and it was every bit of 32 33 degrees already and and lovely and warm so straight into it and um yeah set off across the flat Now about three hours into the journey, we get to a place which is called the supermarket. It's a magnificent fishing hole for brim. It's just absolutely thick in there. And and when you get in there, when you want to get a fish, you can chuck more or less a hook straight in the water with absolutely no bait on it. And just that shiny bit of silver will just attract everything in that hole and they'll just jump all over it. Anyway, we got in there, freshened up a little, had a quick little feed and kept going. Once we got to the mouth of the gorge, it was around about there that Cyril said to me, how much further is it? <laughs> and it was there that I realized that he really had no idea what we were in for that day. I had told him there would be um, there would be plenty of hard yakka, but there would be a victory at the end of it that would be very, very sweet. So I look forward to, to um, sharing that with him. But I didn't realize that he didn't know what we were in for until that moment now he said you know as i mentioned um how much further is there's um yeah a question that i stumbled with at the time but i said we've only just begun we've only just hit the gorge from here it's a this is where it all begins and he said to me you know i've got three young daughters <laughs> and i thought oh no here we go but he's tough as nails he was just having a bit of a moment it was it was a particularly hot day he was having a bit of a moment so um being from the south african military and being a former military paramedic he was was right to go so we got underway and got wandering up the creeks by then it was around about 10 o'clock in the morning and the sun was absolutely boiling us so what we'll doing is i had my cookery my gurkha knife out more or less cutting the vines as we wandered in there and um, just to get our way through it it was it was really hard work i was out the front chopping these vines up and um, every now and again when we got a little run we just jumped straight in the water boots on and all and and pants and just wander through the creek and more or less swim where we could we did have dead dog bags in our backpacks so we could chuck our bags in um, and keep them dry when we needed to do swim throughs but at this point in time it was all good we just used the creeks where we could to try and cool down and bring us a bit of a bit of relief but it was all good. We do drink the waters out of the the water out of these creeks as well. They are freshwater springs. This time of the year, when it is absolutely pumping, we do have to watch it a bit, um, but it was all good in this case. Anyway, we get going up the gorge, and it was around about two, three o'clock in the afternoon when we got into our area, and and we only had a only had a couple hundred metres to go right up in deep in the gorge. This is some of the biggest country in Western Australia. Uh, as I mentioned, or well, might not have mentioned, but uh, is called Revolver Falls, a particular spot we're going to, which is the largest single drop waterfall in Western Australia. More or less unknown about um, to the outside world until Instagram came along, um, and social media for that matter. Uh, over the last 10 years, we've, we've shown a few photos of it si- since. It's still very inaccessible. Only a handful of hiking groups over the last 20, 30 years have wandered into this area and surrounding surrounding spots so anyway we get in there we're trying to figure out where we're going to set up camp we've got our hammocks there ready to go just to hang in the trees there's no flat ground in there it's all all sharp rocky terrain all sandstone but all very very sharp and um we decided well i'd decided already in my head i knew where we wanted to camp and that was right in the guts of it We weren't coming all the way in there and camping back from it i wanted to be right on that pool so we uh avoided our last little area which was a nice little flat bit of bank we left it and climbed our way up in there now only 100 200 meters climbing and swimming through that area took us around about half an hour just to do that 100 or 200 meters because it is um, very tough terrain and very large boulders as we got in there it was just looking absolutely magnificent we we're absolutely wrapped but we we're absolutely wrecked as well by then it was about four o'clock in the afternoon we jumped in the water set up camp hung our hammocks up and um, kicked back and Got a little fire going so we cook up a feed and relax and bunker in for the evening. Now right on sunset we'd had a big storm cloud that had been brewing to the east of Argyle throughout the afternoon and and that began to come up the the gorge. As we looked down the gorge there was this big black cloud that was as low as the gorge. We're hundreds of metres deep in this gorge coming up the valley and you can't see what it's doing. You can hear it, it's absolutely rumbling, it's guts out, there's lightning belting out every side of it and um yeah we got we got all set up now as that storm cloud came closer um the wind came up the valley and it came right up to where we were in that in that corner there and and it swept around and just as round about sort of twilight going dark this one particular gust came up the up the gully and and it hit the waterfall and the waterfall's good 130 140 meters nearly four or five hundred feet above us it hit that waterfall and it took the entire stream itself around to the right hand side to where we were about 50 meters around to the right looking right up there and it just turned it into this big twister and we we both sat there and we looked up and neither of us said a word i think we're too shattered to say a word anyway but we looked up at it and And we're just absolutely mesmerized this thing just looked absolutely sensational there was not one drop of water going over the waterfall anymore it all come around the side and just created this big twister above us and so we're just both sitting there watching it and then in a second all of a sudden it just dropped and the wind stopped and it just dropped on us so in that moment we both realized what was happening and i'd actually carted the drone in there to try and get a bit of extra footage, which I'd been hanging on to for dear life all day, just trying to keep it out of the water and all of that. So I jumped on it and um, grabbed all the gear. And as that water just hit right on our area, it created waterfalls all re- all throughout our campsite, and our everything was absolutely soaked to the bone. Now I'd brought an extra, I'd brought an extra little two man tent in with me in case things did get ugly, just so we could try and shelter at some point. And so I had to set it up. Once all that water had rushed off, I set it up and uh, got got things organized and and we found one little bit of ground which basically was just wide enough for both of our backs, not our legs or anything like that, but just our backs to be nice and flat and our legs up on the rock and we managed to get in this tent and by then it was dark and we got in this tent and just chilled out and it was about 6 o'clock, 6.30 by then in the evening and as we were laying in this tent, having a bit of a yarn about about the day and and all of that, and absolutely knackered, but I was excited. I knew that the next day I was going to bring about something pretty interesting, and I was really excited about that. But a little did I know what was going to happen that evening. As I said, that was about six six thirty or so. We'd already had a little feed, and and we yeah toes up, ready to get catch some z's. Now it was about nine thirty that I woke up from a very deep slumber i'd been asleep for a few hours there and woke up and just hear this jet plane absolutely roaring outside the tent i thought wow what is going on out there that just sounds sensational and um i could also hear waves waves literally slapping almost to the side of the tent but just the rocks around the side of the tent and um it was in that moment that I i said sarah you awake he said yep very deep voice south african yes um you hear that <laughs> yes <laughs> one of us is probably should have a look see what's going on out there eh yep right i'll have a look right i was happy to let him have it i was happy to stay there on my back and um i was actually had my drone cradle in my arms at the time anyway so he gets up has a look outside with his head torch there and shines it up on the waterfall and said Oh, you going to want to come have a look at this more or less speaking quite loudly at me just over the roar of the roar of the water all right i got up had a look out there as i looked up there i could see this right chute going on revolver and when revolver really gets pumping there's this chute that spits out to the side and we were, we were in, the, in an absolute cloud in there it was absolutely roaring but Put that aside something i was amazed at, that there was directly in front of us was the water level was actually right at us and i thought how can that be right there that's amazing and so i put my head torch on and i shone it across and the entire gorge had filled up right to where we were which is a good 10 12 meters above the the, um, the general water line of the pool in there so the the water is right up to us and at that point in time it was more or less we are going to have to pack up camp because there was no entry and exit anymore that was just a complete wash through and big boulders and just a full white water um, there's no way you could get in or out of there the only thing we could do from that point in time is climb back up the rocks and if the water rose any higher we're going to have to start looking for some trees or something because we were deep in this gorge and uh, we'll have to start looking for something to something to grab hold of or, or whatever that was the immediate thought anyway but We thought we'd just keep an eye on it and just see what's happening we collected everything we could around the camp and just had it had it back up on the rock behind us and just thought oh it's not moving now we'll keep an eye on it over the next half an hour and see see what it does and um we lay back down there and just have a bit of a yarn and and just kicking it just absolutely exhausted still but just keeping an eye on what was going on outside and in that moment we sort of ran out of out of things to the yarn about, about 15, 20 minutes later, checked it. The water's just still sitting there. It was all good. And we just thought, oh, well, um, one of us will stay awake and we'll keep an eye on things. But until then, we'll just kick back and listen to a few tunes or something just to take our minds off it and, and all that. So I actually hit on my phone, I just hit the hit the music and just on the shuffle button there. And, and there's a big intro, one of my gospel songs, actually. It was a big intro that was playing... It goes for I don't know, 10, 20 seconds or something and I was sitting there listening to it, at it playing on my chest and and the first words that come out of the song was When the waters rise all around me <laughs> I thought, Oh, you're kidding, here we go. And um When Mountains Stand in the Path I See was the second sentence. It, once that sentence had played, I just hit pause right away on my phone and then, you hear that? Yeah. I said I don't want to know what the next sentence says. And he's like, go on, righto. So I press play. And um, it goes, yeah, when the waters rise all around me, when the mountains are in the path I see, I look to love that's unfailing. And then it's more or less saying "We look to God in that moment when all this is going on. We look to him and and um, his love. It's The song's called Love Never Fails, or You Never Fail, sorry. That's what the song's called. So anyway... In that moment, it was one of those things, he said, all oh, right, we're both, both um, Christian fellows, so we thought, oh, we'll just have a bit of a prayer, we'll hand this one over and we'll be able to just kick back and rest and, and all that. So that's what we did. We got on with it. And uh, shortly after that, I said to him, so what's um what's your deal anyway? How would you end up in the Kimberley? Everyone's got a unique story to tell, a unique yarn to tell about ending up in the Kimberley. And, and his one went on for the next hour and was absolutely blew me away and we're going to have that on on bush yarns in in time to come but but his story is just yeah anyway so he told me all about that and uh, managed to keep us up for the extra hour and just just absolutely spin me out but i said to him at the end of that story i said to him how do you feel now like you're feeling all good because I'm a guide and I'm used to looking after everyone and that's that's my gig but um, and often I put myself on the line and in this case my only concern wasn't myself It was it's him it's generally the other people that are around me and, and I said to him how are you feeling and he said I feel peace oh like, yeah righto well that's good because you're probably one in 20 million people that could say that right now because we're in the middle of an absolute storm here anyway so I thought oh sweet we'll kick back and and um by then the water hadn't really moved so more or less passed out again. Woke up bright and early in the morning and um had a look outside and it was just absolutely sensational what was what was going on outside. It was all of the uh all of the debris from the night before, all the trees and the logs that were stacked up around our little campsite around up where we were, it was just absolutely breathtaking. It was just could not believe that the water had got up to there anyway. So we jumped in the water the water had receded down a fair way it receded fair and far enough for us to be able to climb in and out of there again just it was quite slippery on some big rock faces that we had to climb down and and yeah so we had a swim made the most of it got out there and enjoyed it and i put the drone up and got some footage which i'll put up on my instagram on the stories there and, and show you guys um but yeah we we hung out there for a couple of hours Got to around about nine, ten in the morning, thought we better get out of there, get going. So we packed up. Something that I hadn't told him that night was that where I'd parked the boat I actually hadn't told him about yeah, where I'd parked the boat, or he would have made me put it back in that creek. He's he's um <laughs> he's a hard ass. And he, he doesn't let these things slide. Orders are orders. Um but I hadn't told him but there's a there's a song there's a verse there's actually sorry, there's a sentence later in the song that says um anchor in the flood and it goes right through this whole this whole yarn basically it goes right through to saying you know anchor in the flood keep holding on your love never fails all that sort of all that sort of chat so we got to once i got to that part in the song all the other rest of it that i was thinking about us getting out and there was a few other things happening in life at the time that were sort of crossing my mind There was a bit of a metaphor for but um yeah there was this there was this anchor in the flood part and i knew that the boat was going to be all right too but there was an element of me that didn't have 100 percent faith in that there was a part of me it was like my spirit fighting my flesh to try and work out whether the boat was going to be okay and all that sort of chat anyway we pack up our kit we get wandering out of there we absolutely pump it out of there get out of there in about six hours this time on foot and big day something that to take into account is when that amount of water has come over that waterfall there's actually two other valleys where the water comes from that meet in that creek and i was thinking about it that night and i was thinking no no you know this boat's in trouble here and and um and just sort of yeah really putting it to the back of my mind anyway we get going out of there and i was just really had my eyes set on on seeing that boat when i could actually see that boat and visualize it it was going to be an amazing amazing time for me because he's a good mate of mine gregos and the last thing i want to do is sink his boat it's a beautiful dinghy anyway we set off wandering about midway through the afternoon i lost him i, I went out as i do i generally charge ahead with most things and i had done in that case so i'd lost him and he didn't know where i was and i would anyway that's a whole other story end up finding each other and cruising on Got to around about sunset, we've been wandering all day again, we're both pretty trashed. And um, and we got to the creek where we thought the boat was, and it wasn't. So we kept wandering along the creek, and we finally found the point. And then when we found the boat, it was sitting there in this pristine, glassy water, it just looked absolutely magic. The rangers had the last glow of the day happening on them right behind it, and the whole scene was just surreal, it just looked absolutely stunning. Anyway, we jump in the boat, we start idling out the creek, as we're doing that have a look underneath us and the creek if it hadn't had that amount of water go through it that night then there's a good chance that where i would put the boat would have been high and dry just about we would have been stuck by a rock bar so we're actually quite lucky that we had the boat um in that we had the water sorry that evening um come about otherwise yeah it wouldn't have been too pretty we started idling out of there and we got out the mouth of the creek and neither of us were saying anything as you do you just you're just charging on trying to get the job done and get home and and we're cruising across the bay, and he, Cyril turns around to me on the bow there, and he goes, your mate could have done us a favor, you know, he could have left a, could have left an esky with some cold drinks in it, and um, right in that moment when he said that to me, it was a bit of a laugh, because we'd had, you know, everything fall in our favor to that point, was um, on the radio right beside me, Greg is out in, on a sunset tour, with some of his guests out in the middle of the lake, and I couldn't see him, he couldn't, he, but he could see us coming out of the Ulysses Bay there, and and he gets on the radio and goes, "You boys want to pull over here for a cold drink?" So, sure enough, we pulled over there, the other side of the bay, and, and um, had a bit of a a cold beverage each. And and um, all the tourists and and Gregos were asking us all about the adventure. And we we're both just absolutely buggered. We had didn't have much to say. We wouldn't wouldn't recommend it to anyone else. But it was a it was a good one all in all. This was one we did in we did in 24 hours. Oh, sorry, we did in two days, one night it's the sort of mission you generally want to take an extra couple days to do so you don't have to push it so hard um but yeah we ended up getting back to argyle there and and putting the boat back on the trailer and and heading home both nice and quiet again but it just ended up being one of those adventures that we never really understood what was gonna happen the outcome of it but it was just that element of faith through each step of the way that everything was going to be all right and um and it turned out to be just fine, but just another one to 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 keep in the memory bank for for um yeah for safekeeping is all a bit of bit of good times. So anyway, that's a yarn from me and and a fairly straightforward one. We've got a few more exciting ones to tell over the over the times from myself, which I've had some. Been out with some people out and about on country. I've had people bitten by brown snakes and hit by lightning and caught up in fires and and all sorts of things that I look forward to sharing with you guys um, as we as we go along. But my guest that I've got on the next episode, I'm really excited to introduce you to, is actually one of my favourite favourite characters from the Australian bush and and very very unique and very very cool and uh, a bit of a mentor of mine. Um, throughout his time up here in the kimberley but yeah i'm really excited to introduce you guys to him but for now over and out hope you enjoyed it cheers